0: welcome to remnant christian centers podcast we hope you're encouraged by this message romans eight thirty one, and excuse me if i look down more than usual it's because i just had a couple days just to to really uh, pray and encourage myself encourage how many know you need to encourage yourself it's biblical. David had to do the same thing. When he was discouraged, he encouraged himself. Sometimes when you can't wait till anybody encourages you, you just have to find scriptures and encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to lay hands on your own head. Can I hear an amen? Romans chapter 8, verse 31, uh, trusting God when nothing makes sense, do you still trust God? And how do you trust God? How do, listen, how do we trust God when nothing makes sense in our life? I'm going to give you some simple scriptures, but I'm going to break these simple scriptures down. Romans 8, verse 31, we're going to go through 35, excuse me, 37 through 39 in the NLT version. And it reads like this. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? I love how the NLT reads. Can can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does, listen to how the NLT reads, which is different than the, than the King James Version. Does it mean, I want to read it slowly, does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or does it mean He no longer loves us if we're persecuted or, hunger, or hungry, Sorry, or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced, everybody say convinced. This is one of the key words. I am convinced or I'm confident that nothing, everybody shout nothing, can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life nor angels or demons. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow Let me pause and say, even in our weakness, that doesn't separate us from God. Even when we are throwing a tantrum, God doesn't say, "Okay, that's that's enough." No, He'll allow us to throw a tantrum and still say, "I am with you." That doesn't separate you from the love of God. He says, He says, neither death or life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears or for today or to worries about tomorrow. Listen, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No, oh, I love this. No power in the sky. Above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Nothing. Nothing in the Greek means nothing. And so I want to share with you uh, in the next 30 minutes or so that one of the things that the enemy seeks to attack the most, especially when... um, trial and affliction strikes us listen to this is our confidence and trust in the Lord's love and leadership for our life I'm going to say that again now I don't know what slides I gave you Zach so if if it sounds familiar just put it up there I was such in a rush today I mean this week I didn't have a lot of time but I want to say that again one of the things that the enemy seeks to attack the most hear me especially when tragedy and affliction strikes us, is our confidence and trust in the Lord's love for us. I'm going to say it this way. In, he attacks our confidence in, his, uh, in God's love for us and in his leadership for us. Do we truly believe that Jesus is the perfect leader leading us in a perfect way despite the outcome? Do we believe in his leadership? Because if we have doubt about his leadership or his love, watch this. This is a revelation. We will never trust him fully. If we doubt His love and if we doubt His leadership, we will not trust Him. And we may say, like, you know, yeah, I think it's going to happen, but do we really trust the Lord? And some people say, and I've been guilty of this. Some people say, well, I I won't have peace until I know all the facts, until I know why. Well, my Bible and your Bible never says that the peace of God is determined when we have all the ducks in a row. So how do you feel peace when you don't know the answers? And I know this is going to sound really deep, so lean forward. You just trust. Why, why is that? You know why, why this is such a revelation? Because trust is blind. You choose to trust God based. Watch this. This is going to open up a whole realm. Based on the knowledge that you have of God's nature and identity. Because when you know who he is, you won't be worried about what he does. When you, and that's one of the slides, I just kind of said it right now. That was the end slide, but it's okay. When you, I don't know if you could, if you have that, Zach, that end slide, put that end slide up there. I want. When I understand who he is, I don't have to worry about what he does. So when the pain strikes our lives, when God seems silent in our lives, come on, how many have had silent moments in the 2018? I want to encourage you, just because God is silent does not mean he's not active. Do you know that the, the, the woman, that the, 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 the Seraphonician woman, that she cried out. If you look at that story, I don't want to turn there, but she cried out. She said, Lord, please deliver me. She's, she's crying out, right? And the Bible says that he did not say a word. But he heard. Sometimes in, uh, when God seems inactive in our lives, it does not mean that he is not listening. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he's deaf. Can I hear an amen? Why? Now, I want to say this. When pain strikes and tragedy strikes our life in 2018 or just recently, the enemy is determined, hear me now, to undermine our confidence in the Lord's leadership of our life. One of the main things the enemy attacks is the idea of God's love for us. Does he really love me when I'm going through a terrible time? And the narrative that the enemy is bringing us is to believe that lie so he could keep us bound in a spiritual ditch all the days of our life. Because if we believe That the narrative of the enemy that we no longer have confidence or confidence is shaken. Paul the Apostle several times in the New Testament talks about confidence, convinced, I'm fully persuaded. All those words means I have no shadow of doubt 100% that my God is not true to his word. It's interesting because even when God promised something, God, the circumstances looked sometimes different. God promised a a, a son to Abraham, and yet God told him to sacrifice his son. Now, God didn't whisper to Abraham and say, hey, this is just a test, so go ahead. It's just between me me and you. You're real spiritual. Hey, I'm telling everybody that you're going to kill your son, but between me and you, I'm not going to do it. No, he didn't do that. I wish he did, right? Abraham wished he did, but he didn't. He goes, you have a promise. Yes, I have a promise. Your your 90-year-old wife is going to bear a son. That's a whole other story right there. The Bible says Abraham did not consider his body, he did not waver in unbelief, even though he did consider his body already dead. I don't want to get too deep in that, but he wasn't talking about physical death. He said, there's no way I could produce kids at this age. I'm just being honest. It's impossible. And God says, you're going to produce a kid. And then that very promise by God, not by the devil, was, was tested and said, go ahead and kill your son. Wait a minute, I'm confused. I'm confused. You're the one who told me that at a hundred years old, you were gonna do a miracle and give me a son. Now, when he's born 13, 14, 15 years later, you're telling me to sacrifice? Now, watch the perspective when it comes to trusting God when nothing makes sense. The Bible says, I don't want to turn it to time because of time, that the Bible says that he went up and they said, Where are you going? And you know what Abraham said? Without even knowing the answer yet, he goes, we're going to go up to worship, and watch this, we will come back down together. He said, we were going to come back down together. How did he know? He didn't know yet. He only knew when he was lifting up the blade to strike him, and within seconds, God said, stop. And now he says, you know what? Look up at the sky. Look at all the things I'm going to bless you. He goes, Look to your left now or to your right. And he saw a ram stuck in a thicket. Sometimes the reason why we trust when it doesn't make sense, because we are blinded that there's a ram in the thicket for us. That deserved a little better amen to that one. So when God is silent, he's not inactive. Because if we are confident in God's leadership, watch this. And love for our, for our lives, we can walk through any season in our life and see goodness all around us and grow spiritually. Did you hear what I said? If we trust or are confident in God's leadership and love for our life, in the craziness of what happens in our life, then we could see good all around us and we could grow spiritually. Why? Because it takes faith to grow. Now, if we don't have confidence in God's love, if we enter into doubt in God's love or his leadership over our life, and I'll be honest with you, I know you guys don't ever, ever, ever struggle with this, but I've sometimes said, Lord, where are you? I know nobody in this room ever struggled with that, but I do, Victor. And there was sometimes I said, God, I'm no good to you sick. Heal me already. You have no idea my conversation with God. I'll have conversations with God, and I'm like, I am no good to you. What's, what is delaying you? And there's silence. You would expect, you know, Pastor George, he has this. I don't get up speaking in tongues like, I have, this, I have this divine. No, I'm walking through this and trusting God. Even when I don't feel something and even when I don't see a breakthrough, he's still good. Can I hear an amen? So watch, if we are not confident in his leadership over our life, stop. Let me stop this. I feel this from the Lord. What makes us feel unconfident about his leadership over our life when things don't go our way? I fasted. I prayed. I sowed. I fasted. I prayed. I sowed. I'll I'll make it more personal. I've obeyed your word and the prophet's word, and I still see nothing. (laughs) There's a couple of prophets that if you do this, this is going to happen. And I said, and I'll do it. And I look like a fool doing it. Not not to God, just I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I still don't see the full breakthrough. But you know what? I still have confidence in him because I know who he is. Here's the key to everything. And so if we don't have confidence in his leadership, we will fall into despair, into hopelessness. And watch this. We will develop a hardened heart towards God. Can I hear an Amen. We will slowly stop reading the scriptures. We will slowly stop praying. We will slowly stop worshiping. And we will start getting more critical, offended at people, and offended at God when we lose confidence in his leadership and his love for us. Amen? We, it, so I want you to write, look at this quote that I read just, a, just two days ago about Mike Bickle. Mike Bickle said something in my research, my frantic uh, study to try to bring encouragement to myself and to our body. Look what he said. Your future will go dramatically different as a believer in this age, depending on how you grow in confidence in God's leadership for your life. Let's, let's, let's read that again. Look at this. Your future will go dramatically different, good or bad, as a believer in this age, depending on how you grow in confidence in God's leadership. Now, watch this. Look at me. You could grow in a negative confidence towards God and his leadership, or you can grow in a positive, in a positive way about his confidence over your life. Things that harden your heart and lose confidence is when you've been contending and see nothing how your life will end up is do you remain confident in the bad seasons or do you still only stay confident in the good seasons my 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 point and my encouragement to us is how do you trust god when it makes no sense you trust god when it makes no sense by knowing that you are fully convinced about his nature and his plan for you that is impossible are you ready for this It is impossible for God in His goodness to create any evil intention towards you. Even when God releases judgment on the earth to purge the earth from sin, unrighteousness, or evil, it is out of His goodness. And even in judgment, there is mercy. Could you imagine feeling the full wrath of God without the temperance of mercy? In other words, God will cease to be God. God will cease to be God in your life if anything that happens to you does not have an eternal purpose behind it and the nature of love of why He's allowing it. Because God doesn't have love. He is love. So to, to refute that is to refute His existence. Can I hear an amen? And so the Apostle Paul... Uh, previously touched on this, and, and, and I want us to turn just a couple verses before this verse. Paul continues to talk about the need uh, of being confident in God's love for us, even when we don't understand it. And i want to break these three phrases down. We say this as a church for, for a lot, but, but for, for this message, I want to break it down again. Romans eight twenty eight. Look at where it says in New King James. I'm going to break these three phrases down. And we know. Everybody say, and we know. I'm gonna give you a foreshadow of that. We're talking about confidence, right? And we know. He didn't say, and we think, he didn't say, and I, I feel because it's good right now. I feel that God is good. He says, and we know that all things. Everybody say all things. Say all things, not even majority of the things, not even 95. He said all things. Look at this, work together for good to those, here's that word again, who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, this is a very popular scripture that we've all said, but I want to break it down again, and I don't have time to put it on the screen, but I want you to keep the scripture up, and I want you to repeat after me th- these three phrases that are in this scripture. I want you to say, and we know. Come on, say, and we know. Say it one more time. Ready? Last time. So that phrase, as and we know, is a statement of confidence. It's a statement that the writer, Paul, is saying we are beyond, we, are, we don't have a shadow of doubt. We don't have 1% doubt of anything that happens that's going to turn out good. He says we are confident. We have absolute assurance. Watch this. We're fully persuaded concerning God's nature his ability and his purpose for my life even though i may be suffering currently i am fully persuaded oh how the enemy tries to make us not persuaded about his goodness i know you but i have done it before again i've said lord i know you i know it in here i know the scripture in here but lord every now and then i said let me feel something let me let me just feel and then all of a sudden there's just something that I see in Scripture. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break down the irref- some irrefutable things that help us to trust God that does not require feelings. Can I hear an amen? So as we know, say and we know. Now say this phrase, that all things. Say it one more time, that all things. So that means things we don't understand. That means things that just don't make sense, not just the good things, not just the call of God over our life, not just our ministry, not just our family plans, not just our dreams are going to work out together for good. I'm going to have to be careful in saying this, but if, if I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't be true to those scriptures. Even in tragedy, all things, the things we don't have language for, can I just be a little bit more deeper? Even the things... Under the category of all things, even the things that question our faith in God, if God is real, if God is alive. Am I the only one who's ever had that conversation? God, are you even here? Thank you for that one hmm That, those things, the things that cause us to question is under the banner of that all things. Everything. He says, we are convinced, we know, that all things that means good, bad things, we don't understand, things that make us question our faith, what is that? Work out together for our good. Say that together with me. Work together for our good to those who love God. You know what that speaks of? Divine purposes of God. In other words, there is a divine purpose of God, In our lives that though we may see it or not, there's a divine particular purpose for our lives. And just because that purpose in our lives is not seen, does not mean that he has not sent it. Just because we don't recognize a season or the, watch this, or God's purposes, everybody say purposes, in a situation doesn't mean there is no purpose. Do you know that just because you don't know something doesn't mean that it's not there? We have based, we have based our joy in the Lord on how we interpret circumstances. Work together for our good. So that unknown purpose still works together for our good. Even, watch this, I wrote this down. Even if we never get the revelation behind that purpose. Do you hear me? I've been waiting sometimes for a revelation of the purpose of why things are happening, and sometimes I don't get it. But there's still a purpose of all things work together for good, that purpose, even when I don't have the revelation of that purpose. Maybe some of you are waiting for years of what happened 10 years ago to finally find a purpose. Let me just encourage you. You may never get that fully. But the key is not to try to figure out the purpose. Know that there is one. Listen, know that there is one. We may never know the whole purposes of God and what He allows in our lives, but you could rest assured that the purposes are good because it's impossible for God when carrying out His purposes that it may be anything but good. Can I hear an amen? I want to share some things with you, some stories with you that I wrote down from the years because not everything is what it appears. Can I say it? Can I say it again? Say it this way. Not everything, not The purposes that you've interpreted may not be the purposes that God has in your pain. Let me give you a couple examples to to encourage you. I read a story years ago about a family uh, from Scotland. And many years ago, they were saving their life savings to go to America. Their family was stuck in in Scotland and and some foreign country. um, And they've been saving for years. At that time, they did not have a lot of money, but they were saving for years to finally get on a ship to go to America. And so about a week or so, a couple days before that ship went to the United States and their family was going to finally have the American dream to, to get a life of opportunity, one of the sons got bit by a dog, and that dog had rabies. And so at that time, they had to quarantine the whole entire family, put them away, and put a little flag uh, on, on them to let them identify that they are kind of contaminated, but they had to wait a whole week of quarantine before they ever let them out. Well, that week left, and they went, and they missed the ship that was going to go to America. In anger, the father started raising his fist at God, and he started blaming his sons for all the things that, that why did he play outside and get bitten by a dog, and now we're, we missed our golden opportunity. And in his anger, save purpose, say we don't know the purpose, the next day he went to a local newspaper stand and he read the front page and it said, the great Titanic has sunk. And when he read that newspaper, he fell down on his knees and tears fell down his face because he was supposed to be on that very ship. But yet he was angry because he did not know the initial purpose of something. How about another story of a pers- of a, a family that I read about many years ago that they were driving to the airport to go their whole family uproot themselves from a state to go to another state to be uh, to, to live there for the rest of their lives they 've been saving up as well, and this was probably uh, fifteen or so years ago. Um, and they were driving, and on the way to the airport, one of their tires exploded. If anybody's ever had that happen, that's a scary experience. And they were, they'd tailspin and hit a tree, and thank God their family was okay. But the family was very upset, They're very distraught of what was happening. Well, a couple of days later, they were watching the news, and they were supposed to go to New York. And they saw on the news two planes flying into the World Trade Center, the Twin, the, the twin Towers. And they looked at their ticket. I know this sounds like a really magical story, but it was something that I read from, and they said that they were supposed to be on that plane that crashed into that building. Yet, they were mad because they did not understand the purpose that all things work together for good. Now, I don't understand why the other people, the 2,500 people that were in there died. And here's the problem. I'm not God, neither are you. We get stuck in in defeat and anger because we try to place ourselves as God, as all-knowing, and I'm foreshadowing a little bit of why we trust him and when nothing makes sense, because he's all-knowing, and we're finite, and he's infinite, infinite, right? Albert Einstein says the great mind that he had, they said that he only used 10% of his brain on earth because that was the, the full capacity that he could use it, 10%. Of that genius mind, and yet we try to understand God when the angels can't even understand Him. The angels are circling around the throne. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord, and they get another glimpse of God. Holy, holy is the Lord, and they get another. Holy, holy is the Lord, and and the Lord just for for for, for eternity shows another glimpse of His glory and is brand new that they've never seen before. And they bow down and they say, "Holy." Over, we get tired when we sing the same songs over and over again at RCC. They've been singing the same song forever. Hey, What song are we gonna to play today? The same one. <laughs> Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Zach or somebody, well, not yet. I, I, I'll, let you, I'll give you guys a break and see. The last story I read about the purposes of God. Are you enjoying? Are you getting something today? I know I'm a little bit more mellow uh, than usual. But it's normal for some of you. My mellow is your normal. Yeah, your excitement. But I want to encourage you. Now watch this. I'm going to encourage you. Everybody say, we don't know the purpose. Say all things. Say all things. Say all things. Work together for good. Say in 2018, whatever happened, all things work together for good. One more time. Say 2018, all the pain, all the trials, all the problems. Though I don't understand it, there's a purpose behind it, and it works for my good if I love God. Now watch. How about this story? This is going to really move you. It moved me when I read this years ago. About a, a football, a, a kid that played football for high school and college and so he tried out for his high school football team and when he was tried out he was a subpar uh, athlete and so he made it to the team but barely and so he was like a third stringer so he would go and he would be faithful every single day in high school and his father would come and be in the stands uh, with his mom but mostly his father would be in the stands so that uh, they could celebrate this uh, their, their, their their games and so all of high school went by, and the kid never played one down. So he went to college. College happened the same thing. This kid, subpart, barely made it, um, and so he went freshman year in college, sophomore year, junior year, not playing one down, not seeing one minute of the field, just a third stringer, and he was there to help all the people. He was helped with the plays. He would help with the water, but yet he was part of the team. In his senior year of college, in his senior year of college, his father passed away, and he died. And he took a couple days uh, to mourn and then quickly asked his coach on the, one of the last games of the season in his college senior career. He went to his coach and said, Coach, I know I have not played a down all these four years, but I am begging you that you will put me on the field just one last time. And, and the coach said, look, son, I know you're, you're ambitious, but your father just died. Go and grieve with your family. It's okay. We're here for you. Go and grieve with your family. And in tears down streamed down his eyes, and the boy said, sir, coach, you don't understand. My father has, was blind his entire life, and today he's in heaven, and today will be the first time he ever sees me play. So the coach put him in from one play or a couple plays, with that purpose in mind that my dad is seeing me for the first time. It's all about perspective of what you go through in life because all things work together for good. Now, I want you to put this slide up. There's two absolute essentials or truth. We're almost done. There's two absolute essential truths about the Lord that we must believe If we are to trust Him. Look at that. There's two absolute essential truths. There are probably more, but I'm giving you two. About the Lord that we must believe, say must believe. If we are to trust Him, watch this, especially in very hard and painful times and when nothing makes sense. The first absolute truth. This is going to be very simple, but I want you to digest this. I'm going to break it a little bit deeper here. God is perfect in his love. The 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 essential truth that you and I must believe in order for us to trust God in times of difficulty, we must believe this is key that God is perfect in his love. He is perfect in his love. That means that he always does what's best for his children. Always, not sometimes, or when he feels when we feel rejected. If you really have a relationship with God, God doesn't mind you talking real with him. I remember one time years ago, I was angry, and because I knew the word, I, I'd fake like I wasn't angry, like God didn't know I was angry. <laughs> no, I'm not angry. You go, I'm, not, I'm good, I'm good. You know, I'm, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. And the Lord was dealing with me, and even to the Lord, I would just fake it. And one time I said, God, I am, I never forget, God, I am angry. This is before RCC, but doesn't mean that I wasn't like that after RCC. So I said, God, I am angry. So I just said, I'm, I am angry. And I, I kid you not, you're going to think I'm super unspiritual. I heard the voice of the Lord say, I've been waiting for you to speak to me that way. I felt like this. Is it okay to proceed? No lightning, no thunder. Like, you know, like, is, it, can, I, can I continue to talk to you this way? And he says, like, go ahead. You know what's so awesome about our Jesus? He's not intimidated about our humanity. <laughs> he looked, he, he, he looked at this leprous person who everyone didn't want to touch. And he's and the leper's like all messed up, and and I'm not trying to be gross, but like pus and everything coming out of him. And he's like, If if you're willing, you can make me whole. And Jesus didn't just say, be whole, you know, like some of us say, okay, in the name of Jesus, that's what we do in Demon's Manifest. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, be, listen, before, <laughs> before he healed him, he, 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 watch this, he touched him. He wasn't intimidated by the leprosy. He touched his leprosy. He touched his dirt. He touched what nobody dared to touch because they were demon clean. He goes, I am willing. Not that you have leprosy. <laughs> he said, I am willing. Be clean. In my opinion, this is strictly my opinion, before he even said be clean, that leprous man was, had such healing in his heart because for the first time, someone was not intimidated about his humanity. He touched him. He goes, I'm not afraid of catching leprosy or being around the, the, the stinky people or the bad people. No, come here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch you first. So, I, I, so I want to encourage you. There's times, and, and listen. I'll get this in the next couple of weeks. If you study the life of Elijah, bold Elijah, he threw some pretty good tantrums. What are you doing here? I'm the only one, Lord. What You're supposed to be over there. I'm the only one that's serving you, and my zeal is hot for the Lord, and I did this, and you didn't come through, and I'm the only one left that's serving you. And he actually believed it. Out of all of Israel, I'm the only one. There's nobody righteous, just me. <laughs> Everyone's backsliding, Lord, You better re- and you haven't rewarded me. Jezebel's out to kill me, and there's nothing that you're doing for me. I'm going the other direction. And then while he's going the other direction, God gives him food while he's disobeying him. So here, 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 go. Here, get some, here's some golden cake from heaven. Go keep going. I know, I know you're going the opposite direction, but I'm helping you go the opposite direction because there's a revelation at the end. So he got to the end, and God said, what are you doing here? He didn't say, look at you, you little filthy prophet, and you think that you're all prideful. Well, who do you think you are? That's just very prideful. He just kept them, let them happen, and, and the Lord saved the best for last. He's like, look, here's your little cake. Here's a little, pro- go ahead. He, then he saw, the, the, he felt the, 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 the earthquake, and nothing was there. He felt the fire, no there, and then he heard a still, small voice. Let me pause and say this. In your calamity, you're going to feel the whirlwind. You're going to feel the earthquake. You're going to feel the fire, and you're going to think, And it's not the Lord. It's not the Lord. You silence yourself, and he'll allow you to throw a tantrum in the time where you're not trusting God, and he'll let you throw it. He doesn't disqualify you. Then he sends the still, small voice, why? To give you direction. And then, guess what? After the still, small voice, after he says, go back, he goes, oh, by the way, there's 7,000 more that have not bowed the knee to Baal. Just want to let you know, Elijah, you're not the only prophet. (laughs) There's other people going through a lot in this desert just like you, and they're not complaining. But I just want you to know, I have 7,000 others just like you. You know what? When we're going through stuff, we feel we're the only one that has that problem. Lord, I think I'm, like, I would ask people, do you go through this? No, I never go through that. Man, <laughs> am I the only one going through this? And you convince yourself that God never saw this problem on the earth ever. Do you know that Satan is one Satan? He's not omnipresent like God. So there's nothing new under the sun. So what you're going through, do you, do you not think Satan tempted thousands of years ago Adam or Elijah or all these people? Do you think like, like we're just so clever that the enemy is like, wow, I really can't get to him. I've, I've exhausted all. No, he uses the same trick to every single generation. But the key is, what is the level of our knowledge of God? Because the truth doesn't set you free. Don't throw, don't throw something at me. Don't throw it. Let me finish. The truth doesn't set you free. It's the truth that you know that sets you free. Jesus said you will know the truth, and that truth will set you free. Why? Because when you know the truth, all hell could break loose, and you feel nothing, but the truth is overruling that lie that you're feeling. And it's, gonna, it's that truth that you know and apply that will set you free. Because if truth alone will set you free, all I have to do is get my Bible and throw it at your chest and you'll be free. And that's a problem. Listen, that's a problem with this generation. I'm just going to flow a little bit here. Because we are asking God for freedom without taking personal responsibility. Naaman, when he was a leper, he, was, he came to Elisha and he goes, hey, Listen. I have leprosy. You're a man of God. You're a prophet. Tell me what to do. He said, I need you to go to the Jordan and I need you to dip seven times in that dirty, nasty, filthy water. Now, I don't know about you. If I had leprosy, I'd be like, Yes, sir. (laughs) I don't care if there's anything worse than that. If you say it to me, I'll go. He goes, What? The Jordan? Why can't you just tell me to go to the Euphrates or, or some other nice ocean or a nice river? Why does he tell me to go to the nastiest river? See, sometimes we have to face. Our dark areas of our life. And so, he, he goes there. Now, watch. This is the picture of the church. Ready? This is a picture of the church when, we, when we're struggling. We don't want to take responsibility, right, for trusting God. So, he goes in there, and you know what he says to his assistant? He goes, before he went to the Jordan, he goes, I thought, I'm quoting, I thought the prophet would say, stand up and wave his hand. That's what the Bible says, and wave his hand, and I'll be healed. And the Lord, when I read that years ago, the Lord says, that's the picture of the church. They want to come to, a, they have issues. They want to come to the altar, and they want someone to wave their hand, and all the problems will be away. The, the truth is, God has not puffed the magic dragon. He doesn't just wave his hand. He just doesn't wave his hand and say, you have bitterness? Gone. You have, you have issues of doubt and anger? Don't worry. I'm just going to wave my hands over you. The prophet I mean, Naaman, he said he wanted healing without taking responsibility. So guess this. Reluctantly, he went to the Jordan River. Sometimes, reluctantly, we have to do things and put our big boy pants on, our big woman skirts on, whatever. I don't know. Breeches, yeah. And here's what we have to do. We have to go anyways. Do you think that Naaman had a revelation when he, before he went to the Jordan, he had zero revelation. Guys, I'm going to encourage you. Sometimes obedience has no revelation attached to it. Oh, that's good. That's good. Sometimes your obedience to trust God has zero prior revelation to it. J- just, just go and give to that person. But Lord, I've been believing for you for three months for a financial breakthrough. That's right. You heard me right. You're not crazy. Give to that person. That doesn't make sense. Uh, uh, Lord, I, I'm, I, I need you. But I'm sad. I need you to be happy and joyful for this person. And you never know what that person's going to be. Go- so, he's going there saying, I can't believe this. I am going to the Jordan River. So, guess what? Now, now, watch this. Trusting God when nothing makes sense. Do you think it made sense for Naaman to, by the way, he was a prestigious man. That's like the equivalent of someone in, in office saying, go, go in, your, in your boxer shorts in front of everybody and dip into the dirtiest, nastiest river here in Florida. That's a shameful thing. One. Two. Three. He went all the way. The Bible says when he did the seventh time, his skin came out like if it was a baby's. He did not understand how to trust God, but he did it anyways. And when he did, there was a purpose behind it. Can I hear an amen? amen. So, in there's three real areas. I want uh, if 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 uh, someone could um could come to the to the to, to the back here, the worship team, or at least some of the worship team, maybe Kevin and some of you praise the Lord. In God's perfect love, we need to understand uh, two fundamental—sorry, oh, three fundamental truths about God's love in order to trust Him in all circumstances. So I'm still on number one. I'm just giving you subcategories of God's love. Can I hear an amen? You, you, are you with me so far? I haven't lost you. So the essential truth, the first essential truth, hear me now, this is good. To trust God when nothing makes sense is God is perfect in His love. And the three categories of irrefutableness of God's love is this. Number one. God, uh, sorry, it's not on there. His character love. I'm going to give you three C's. Write this down. His, say character love. Say character love. It's not going to be on the screen, which means God's character is love, and it cannot and, and it can never be changed. It cannot be bargained with. It is, an, it is an unrefutable attribute of Almighty God that His character, everybody say character, is love okay it's unconditional and it's irrefutable so that the number, number one about about God's love is perfect is his character is love the next C the next C is Calvary love it's not going to be on there oh it is on there praise God I bumped my head I didn't even realize I gave that to Zach Calvary love everybody say Calvary love when you doubt God's love there's nothing more that God can ever do for you than what he did at Calvary at the cross. What is Calvary? It's the hill where Jesus got crucified. They call it a Calvary hill. Listen to me. God can never demonstrate more of how much He loves you during difficult times. Listen to me. Then to remind you that the Father sent His only Son to be tortured And if God never did anything for you and I ever again, just look back at Calvary and realize I have no excuse not to trust in his love for me. Have you ever doubted God's love because you're going through something? I want to encourage you. Look back at Calvary because there was a Savior that was bloodied for us, blood dripping down his body. By the way, having every power to stop it. Jesus said, this is true love that a man laid down his life for his friend. Then he said this, he said this, I have all power. When Peter went and got the sword and, and cut the, the priest's ear off, he, Jesus said, don't you know that I can now send six legions of angels? to stop this? He, what is it about having all authority and still not doing it? That is love. I want everyone to look at me right now. If you're doubting or struggling in this season of your life, the Lord cannot do anything greater than the work of the cross for you. Years ago, I said to the Lord, Lord, with tears in my eyes, if I never feel the presence of God again ever in my life, which is impossible because He's good, I will still be enough to praise you every day of my life for dying on that cross for me that's all you have you don't have to do anything more that's the highest expression of love so if you are doubting god's love look at the cross there is no greater action that you could ever ask from him to do for you lord do you love me look at the cross (laughs) it's so simple Lord, I'm having, my, I'm having tests in my faith. I don't know if you're really there for me. Look at the cross. And when you imagine a bloodied Savior, then you know that He has not forsaken you. Hallelujah. Say amen. And lastly, His covenant love. Say covenant love. That means it's an unbreakable pact. I'm almost done. That can never be broken can never be broken. Listen to me. And he's made us his own children. Real quick, 1 John 3, 1 in the NLT, look what it says. And I'm going to give you the final thing, and then we're going to pray. Is this hidden home this morning? This is fresh off the oven two days ago. 1 John 3, verse 1. Look at this. 1 John 3, verse 1 in the NLT. You got it back there? Okay, let's put it on the screen. It says this. See how very much, watch this. I want you to shout this. What we've been talking, uh, an essential truth to trust God in times where it doesn't make sense is to know that God's love is what? Perfect. Look at this. See how very much our Father, shout this with me, loves us for He calls us His own children. Well, I got superhero mode in just, just now. We are the children of Almighty God. Do you really realize in how impactful that statement is? You're the spiritual offspring of a being that has no flaws through the Holy Spirit. And that is what we are, His children. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. So what is a covenant? It's something that can never be broken. So if you're having difficulty trusting God when it doesn't make sense, God's love is perfect, which means in his perfect love, I'm going to say it again, it is his character love. Say character love. You can never question his character. You can never question what happened at Calvary, and you can never question his covenant. And lastly, lastly, I'm going to be done with this. I'm going to get you home. The second irrefutable, essential truth is God is infinite in His wisdom. Think about about this when when you need to trust God when it makes no sense. God is perfect in His love and He is infinite in His wisdom. That means, zoom close to me, every decision He makes is the right one. And that God does not slip up and make a mistake. That's what that says. He is infinite in His wisdom. That means every decision He makes for you and me is the right one. Though we may not understand it, the decisions that He makes out of His nature of love, because He knows all, I could be speaking to you right now, and there could be somebody that comes through that window in 10 seconds to, to, to hit me with a bat, but God already knows that. You may not know that. But all I say, ah, oh, you guys are just, you just, I'll find out real quick or I'll get hurt real quick. My point is this, every decision that God makes for us is the right one. Say that with me, say every decision that the Lord makes for me and my family, because he's infinite in his wisdom, that decision that is him home is the right one all the time. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, but I've had to make sure that I realize your decisions over my life because you're infinitely wise, much wiser than me, is the right one all the time. Romans 16 25, and I'm going to close with this. Are you getting something this morning? Romans 16, 25. I got into a little more of a teacher mode today, but it's okay. The spirit of harvest came upon me. Romans 16, 25 through 27, NLT. Last scripture. All ready? Romans 16, 25, verse 27. Oh, I love this. NLT, read it with me together. Now all glory to God who is able to make you strong, just as my good news, my good news says, I love that. This message about Jesus Christ has revealed His plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now as the prophets foretold and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere so that they too may believe and obey Him. Look how it ends. All glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. He is infinitely wise. His wisdom, and he knows what is right for us. Even in judgment, his wisdom is perfect. And he can never make a mistake. I'm going to end with this. When God gives us direction, because he's infinitely wise, some of that direction may not line up with our earthly wisdom. Our earthly wisdom. Do you know that God's wisdom is not necessarily your wisdom, right? We live in an upside-down kingdom, so if you're trying to be wise according to this world, you're going to fail miserably and be very frustrated. Because in the kingdom, in order to go up, you got to go down. It doesn't make sense. In the kingdom, in order to receive, you got to give. In the kingdom, in order to live, you got to die. He who loves this life and this earth, shall lose it, but he who doesn't have regard for his life shall gain it. So I'm here to tell you as we close that the Lord has a plan and a purpose for all of you. He's had a plan in 2018, and maybe you're like that football player. That never got into a down. And you're wondering, why is this happening? And then after you've been faithful, then like that football player, tragedy hits his family and his home. Only to have the perspective and the purpose to say, my father is healed of his blindness and he can see me play. Let me tell you something. There's a purpose behind the scenes that is working for your good. That if you just hang on, and if you just trust the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own knowledge or understanding, He will direct your path. But you got to know this, and we're going to pray. you got to know this. Look at me. I'm closing. God's love is perfect for you, and God's wisdom is infinite for you. That means you can trust God when it doesn't make sense because you know God's love is perfect and you know his wisdom is perfect, that means he makes no mistake, and you're right on track. You're right on course. You're right in the path where God wants you. If you're following the Lord, he says all things work together for good. It may not happen now, but in the future, you may not understand it, but one day heaven will reveal the purposes of God, and maybe sometimes the purpose is no other than just getting your heart tender again to the Lord. You may never get the answer that you want, but maybe there's a greater level of surrendering. Maybe there's a greater level of yielding. Maybe there's a greater level of saying, God, I can't do it anymore. Here it is. Here is my plans. Here's my life. Maybe that's the purpose for you to let go and Him to be God. Can Can I hear an amen? Let's stand up right now. Come on. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.